No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Wednesday. Sean, kick things off here. How much GameStop stock have you bought in the last, you know, a couple of days or so? I didn't you, you even know. This? No, see, I didn't even know this was a thing until recently. You, you were mentioning it right before we went on the air. I had no idea this was even a thing. Um, but no, I don't have enough money to pay $300 a share for a stock that's going to plummet here in a few months. So no, I don't have that. I don't have that ability in my portfolio. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just take a quick look on the internet and on Reddit, and you will very quickly learn about what is happening uh, with the stock market and GameStop in general. I figured we should mention that right off the top because it is—it's lit. Everybody I know is talking about it, and just Twitter. I, I've just seen the content everywhere, and it's just been a wild ride the last couple of days. Okay. GameStop jokes aside, let's discuss the sports stories of the day. No in the lead on the program today. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. No line is right on the program today because no football to talk about. Maybe we'll sneak in a basketball-related game for, for Sean a little bit later in the show, but we'll see how the show goes. What we'll a see depressing Sean's time of year. Like the sentence you just said, no football right. to talk about. What a depressing. Well, there were no football games to talk about. There's plenty of football to talk about. We'll get Just into some dep- stuff here. We're getting to a bad time. Like, June, like right, I mean, uh, uh, you know, right before the, the training camp starts, so post-draft, before June. Yeah. Post-draft's a rough time. It's rough. It's the worst time of the year for sure. Yeah. But all right, let's find out what's in the league. This is the one they're talking about. Sean, the Phoenix Suns in action tonight. They will be taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. They will do so without Devin Booker. He will miss his second straight game with the hamstring. We will have more on the Suns a little bit later on here in the show, but uh, this is a big loss for the Phoenix Suns to not have him for his second straight game. Hopefully it's just, you know, something that's just kind of nagging him and he'll be back here uh, soon, but two straight games now without Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I mean, hamstrings are hamstrings, right? You never know. It could be... It could be two days it could be two weeks you just it is what it is you just kind of have to go along with the flow so um yeah they're heading into the Oklahoma City Thunder then I believe back to back with Dallas so you're really hoping you have them I think for that back to back against Dallas uh so hopefully he's able to get back but hamstrings are just so uncertain basketball team needs him back though they're they're reeling right now well again we'll get into that more coming up in uh in 10 to 15 minutes but it's uh yeah to lose Devin Booker right now you finally get DeAndre playing the way he's playing, and then you lose Booker for the last two games. Not not good, but he'll be back uh, hopefully before that back-to-back with Dallas. Some ASU uh, football-related news. Uh, Clayton Adams was kind of officially announced as a new member of the ASU coaching staff. Well, he's, he's not going to join the ASU coaching staff. He's now going to go back to the Indianapolis Colts. It's weird, Sean. Normally, the, the shoe's on the other foot. Normally, people go to the Colts and then at the last minute back out. This is the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, this is – he wasn't somewhat officially announced. No, he was officially announced. And the Colts having lost – what happened with the with the signing of the head coach in Philadelphia, some of the other, some of the other coaching uh, members on the staff in Indianapolis also left. So they did not want to lose Clayton Adams, and the Colts overpaid him. Uh, and talking with Ray Ad- uh, Ray Anderson yesterday, doing the the show that we produce every every Tuesday, um, and some of the folks with ASU, they said it just it made him an offer he absolutely couldn't refuse. Clayton called Herm, apologized a ton, said I'm so sorry. Herm understands it. It's I mean it's the NFL. It's the money they can throw at guys, right? So 
he was able to. I mean, he was he was made an offer. The, you know, he got the Godfather offer. He was made an offer he couldn't turn down uh, to stay with the Indianapolis Colts. So he did. But no, he did he did it all the right way. He called Herm. He apologized. You know, a ton. And and Herm understands it. He gets it. Herm's actually already on the phone and and uh, and looking for a replacement. They're looking again for that NFL type feel. You know, as they're trying to become that school that you can go tell recruits. You want to get to the next level, we can get you there. Look at our staff across the board. Um, there was a chance that Prentice Gill could be could be moving on, assistant coach from ASU, but that uh, good news yesterday also found out that he will stay on the staff. So a um, little, little bit of turnover there for ASU, if you want to call it that, considering he was never truly with the team. But, uh, yeah, Clayton Adams staying with the Colts. But you don't fault him. Like, if you're an ASU fan, it's this isn't the, the Sean McDaniel situation. This is... This is him. Just he got an offer he couldn't refuse. You can't. You can't. You can't be upset about that. He's got to do what's best for his family. Speaking of Ray Anderson, and speak. Sun Devil Radio on that show that Ray Anderson basically uh, said no thanks, but no thanks. Not interested in the Pac-12 commissioner job. And the reason why this comes up is there have been a lot of stories written about who will take over for Larry Scott as Pac-12 commissioner. And Ray Anderson's name has popped up on a lot of these stories. Not as I would say one of the leading candidates, but his name time and time again is put on these lists. And that means there might be some uh, some noise there, something going on. Ray Anderson kind of put that to bed by saying uh, the ASU is where I'm where I want to be. Yeah, and he said he had a lot of. There's a lot of unfinished business here. They still want to. They still want to, you know, take care of. And um, I appreciate that. I mean, if you're if continuity across the board is is always a good thing. Ray Anderson's done a lot of good things for for Arizona State in his time here. I think seven years now. But yeah, on the, on the show yesterday, he um, he made that apparent. He wanted to make. He wanted to put it out there. He wanted to you know just put it to bed that he is. Um, He's staying with Arizona State, which I think is great news. Great news for the Sun Devils. You look at some of the coaching hires across the board. I mean, everything in the last seven years has improved, if you ask me, from coaching to the talent on the field. I think football is really headed in a great direction. Uh, we know that the basketball team right now on a down, you know, down season with everything going on with COVID and everything else. You know, it's hard to hard to fault them. But Bobby Hurley getting the Devils, what with what should have been three consecutive tournament appearances last year. Uh, it's only been done one other time in Sun Devil history. Um, yeah, what Ray Anderson has done, plus everything you know off the field. Look at all the facilities. Look at all the things around uh, around the campus. That's it's good to have Ray Anderson sticking around. I'm glad he put that to bed right now. Just he's not going anywhere. He's staying. He did talk a little bit about Larry Scott in uh, in, in our show, on our show yesterday. He talked about uh, the Pac-12's decision. Said ultimately it was really that Pac-12 football couldn't be in front of enough eyeballs because of the whole. Direct TV and so forth. Pac-12 Network just not being out there. That was ultimately the the main reason why they made the decision they did to move on. So I thought I thought that was interesting. He was fairly candid in the conversation. So, uh, but yeah, Ray Anderson staying. Good news. Very good news, I think. And um, yeah, if you're looking for what was the exact reasoning why Larry Scott getting the axe, it's because not enough eyeballs could see Pac-12 football, and that was the biggest issue. One other note I just want to mention here before we transition to the next story. The Senior Bowl is going on down in Mobile, Alabama, and there was a lot of talk yesterday about a certain wide receiver who used to play for Arizona State, Frank Darby. He was getting some attention playing pretty well uh, in, in day one of practice yesterday, so that that is good to see. Senior Bowl day two going on as we speak. All right, Sean, you mentioned it kind of jokingly on yesterday's show that, Lions, what are you doing? How, how, how do you offer it out there that you, you already want to move on from Matt Stafford? It makes it really difficult to get a trade offer. Well, Sean, it appears teams are they're, they're calling. They're picking up the phone. There are a lot of teams picking up the phone, according to Adam Schefter, calling up the Detroit Lions. And my immediate thought when seeing this tweet is, 
oh, that's nice that the Lions gave that to Adam Schefter so they could try to drum up some interest to get a better draft pick. That's nice. That was yeah. a very good play by them. Yeah, very good. Because you already killed your leverage by saying, hey, you know what? We're going to gonna mutually move on from Matt Stafford. So now if I'm somebody in the market for Matt Stafford, I'm like, they got to move him. Why am I coming out? I'm not coming at him with the godfather deal I just talked about that Clayton Adams got from the Colts. No, I'm coming at him with a deal that I know you got to move him. I'm coming at you with the cheap. You know, hey, what do you think about a second this year to third next year there, uh, Lions? And if you don't get anything better than that, it is what it is. Hey, now, everybody knows what? they have to move off of him, so you're not wrong. Hey, Schefter. Well, add in a conditional sixth in two yeah, years Yeah, well. absolutely. We'll right, yeah. And if, and if it's the Steelers, you know, we'll throw Haskins in the deal, too. Um, but <laughs> I don't think they can do that, can they? I don't know. They might be able to. But yeah, you're not wrong. Nice play by the Lions. Hey, we got to drum up some interest here. You know, tell, hey Schefter, we're getting six first round picks thrown Dude, our the way. phones are going nuts. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. calling. Like, no, they're so not lions. Quit lying. You're lying. So some college football news. Tennessee made their hire official this morning. Uh, Josh Heupel, former UCF coach, is now going to make the jump to Tennessee. Going to join Danny White, who is the uh, new athletic director there in Tennessee. Sean, I found this hire uh, particularly interesting. This is a, a mid-major guy at UCF, kind of who took over for, for Scott Frost after he went to Nebraska. Didn't have the success that Scott Frost did, but still the mystique of UCF is there. He makes the jump to Tennessee to go to the SEC. We'll see if this can work, but it certainly feels like Tennessee Kind of, it's been a roller coaster ride there. This yeah. is the hire they decided to go with. I was just going to ask you, what kind of a job, in your opinion, is Tennessee at this point? I would rather have stayed at UCF than take a I, Tennessee that, job. That's my vibe too. That's why I was asking. Yeah. You know, you're I, you're I, in a good at UCF. Are, I mean, listen at UCF. It's obviously it's not as high profile of a program. It doesn't have the history. It's not in the conference that you know that everybody's eyeballs are on every Saturday. I get it, um, but you're also not. You're not. You're Tennessee. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, just, it's there's a ex- battle, right? There's, like, ex- I mean, there's expectations that I don't know if, yeah. they're, if they're attainable. It's kind of like Texas right now, right? There's expectations that I don't know if they're attainable. So, I mean, I don't know how good of a job that actually is. And I don't know if Heupel's the right fit, right? Like, because I, I don't, I look at the, his track record at UCF, and it was not as good as Frost, right? He didn't meet the expectations that I think were there. They they struggled a little bit, so it's it'll be interesting to me to see if this fit works. Tennessee's trying to keep up in the SEC. This is their way of trying to do it. We'll see what happens. But now, Sean. I think the UCF job being open is a big story here, right? Tennessee finds their guy, but now you the UCF opening is a big one, and we'll see what ultimately who takes that position, where that gets filled. Sean, do you have the music available for me? Do you have? Because oh I have, we have. It's been a few uh, days. Yeah, we. I know because we, we've we've made some exceptions here to, to to not. So I had extra time for stories. I will keep this to sixty seconds. But if you have well, the music, yeah, I think it deserves it for this. Based story. on what happened in the Hall of Fame voting yesterday, I don't think you're going to need sixty seconds. But here, I'll give you. I'll go ahead and give you. You know, sixty nice. on the clock. Here you go. Oh, Sean kind of gave it away there. Like I said yesterday, like I predicted yesterday on the show. Nobody got into the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling was the closest. He falls 16 votes shy of being inducted as part of the class of 2021 in the Hall of Fame. There will be no class of 2021. It is empty. And I think the two things that everybody's talking about coming out of this story were the number of blank ballots. I believe there were 14 in total that were completely blank. Listen, I have an issue with the whole voting process. I'm not just going to squarely blame blank ballots for the reason guys don't get in. There's there's a voting kind of um, thought process, groupthink, that I think is ridiculous when it comes to the Hall of Fame voting. And then I think the other thing is telling is Kurt Schilling asked to be taken off the ballot. 
He goes, I don't get in. I don't want to be on for a 10-year. Take me off. Now, the Baseball Writers Association of America has come out and said, I, I believe they came out today and said, we don't, don't take them off, that kind of thing. So this is a very weird back and forth. Nobody's going in. So that's it. No class of 2021. Wow, you fit it in just in time before the buzzer. Well played. Hit the post yeah, so, is what we call it in the biz. Nailed it. Hit the glove post. Oh, yeah, so no, nobody in the Hall of Fame this year, like I predicted yesterday. Coming up next on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Mock drafts continue to have the Cardinals taking a certain position. But could there be another one in play at pick number 16? We'll get into it next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Locally owned and operated since 1951, Earnhardt Auto Center is a proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. And NoBull.com is the place to go. 10,000 vehicles at your fingertips to browse if you're in the market for that new ride, nobull.com. And with the Noble Express option, you hear us talk about it daily here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Test drive a vehicle without even leaving your home. They're going to bring it to your front door. You can test drive it for the day. You can fill out your financial application online. They're going to deliver the final ride once, you're right, once your purchase is complete uh, right to your front door as well. You don't even have to leave the house to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that just can't be beat. If you've lived in the Valley for any amount of time, I'm a native. Earnhardt Auto Centers is all I know as well. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Now, Sean, I, we're going to talk about the Cardinals here, but I, I forgot to put something in the lead, and I, I do want to bring it up here. And I don't know if you saw this, so this is going to be great because this is either going to be something you know about we can discuss or I'm going to completely baffle you with what I'm about to say. All right. Did you see the news from this morning about what uh, the changes to Fox Sports Arizona and what it is going to be named going forward? No. You did not see. I this. did not see that so this, this morning. This is great. I, was, I can I can get you, I can get your reaction. My to this head line. was in production okay. all morning. What do we got? Yeah. So it is no longer going to be called Fox Sports Arizona, and it's no longer going to be called Fox Sports all across uh, the country. As you know, those regional sports networks got sold. Some of them to Sinclair, I believe. Um, ES, ESPN has a couple of them as well. But these regional sports networks are, are no longer going to be known as Fox Sports Arizona. They're going to be called. Uh, listen, I could be butchering this. Bally Sports Arizona, B-A-L-L-Y is the way that it is written here. Bally, Bally, I, I, I don't really know. I haven't heard somebody say it, but that's what it's going to be. It's got a nice little red cursive font logo. You should look this up so you can see what I'm talking about. It'll get you a nice little Isn't overview here. Is there a here. gym, Bally, B-A-L-L-Y, Bally, Bally Gyms, Total Fitness or something? I'm looking at Bally Total Fitness is what it is. Okay, that is, is not what I'm referencing here. Okay. No, no, it, it it's just it's B A L L Y. All right, um, sports and 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 so this is kind of what the the new wave is going to be. They released this today. I saw it on the Sports Business Journal. Uh, so no longer Fox Sports Arizona, which means every time I refer to it as Fox Sports Arizona, I now have to put a dollar in the jar. So that'll be fun because I'll be doing that a, a ton. When do we get to break it. the jar and have some fun with the money that's in it? Because God, I called the Chargers San Diego an awful lot. Did that? A lot. Um. Yeah, listen, I, I think the I think the the jar goes to charity. I think that's what it should be. We should pick a charity, and for at the end of the at the end of the year, the, the money goes to a charity of our choice. We try to do some giving here on the show, but uh, but yeah, I mean that that you did that a lot during the season. Um. So we'll, we'll have to keep track on that. Okay, back back on task here. Sorry, I didn't mean to sidebar us too much there, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So mock drafts is is mock draft season, right? I mean, we are we are basically one football game away from it officially being draft season. Although I would argue that it's always draft season. But once that final game is over, once the Super Bowl is complete, everybody's going to be focusing on free agency and the draft. So mock drafts are going all over the place. And one of the places that people go to, I think, a lot for mock drafts, Sean, Mel Kuyper Jr. Never ESPN heard of him. mock draft from Mel Kuyper Jr. from yesterday went through all 32 teams, did a whole first-round mock draft. And, Sean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not uh, – 
not a surprise who they have the Cardinals taking at 16. It's a cornerback. It is the position that we've talked about a lot. The name is a bit surprising. Caleb Farley, the corner out of Virginia Tech, to see him fall in Mel Kuyper's mock draft all the way to 16 was a little bit surprising. But this coming from the same mock draft that had the Jets taking Devonta Smith at number two. So we got a little crazy right out of the gate. So not surprised by the position. But, Sean, I want to read you a sentence or two here from this mock draft and get your thoughts on this. Because Mel Kuyper might be opening the door for another position to be considered here. Speaking about Farley, quote, he has played defensive back only since 2018. I could also see the Cardinals keeping an eye on the wide receivers in this class. Christian Kirk has not been consistent enough to show that he can be their number two wideout along the, alongside DeAndre Hopkins, end quote. Does that surprise you that Mel Kuyper would throw that little nugget in there that he that he thinks the Cardinals could be keeping an eye on the wide receivers in this class? Well, in the class as in the overall draft, no. But in if he's referring to the first round, then yeah, that makes zero sense whatsoever. I mean, obviously, listen, there's always the question, right? Do you take best player available or do you draft for need, right? And then when you're drafting for need, you have to prioritize which is the biggest need. Um, I don't care what Christian Kirk has or has not done. You're potentially losing Patrick Peterson and Drake Kirkpatrick this offseason. They're both free agents right now. Technically, neither is on your roster. So with that being said, there's there's no bigger hole. Like We've talked about this two or three times on the podcast at this point. There is not a larger hole right now with where you sit today than the cornerback room for the Arizona Cardinals. There just isn't. Um, you re-sign Patrick Peterson. Okay, great. Now that hole shifts somewhere else because Hassan Reddick is waving bye-bye, more than likely. Um, so you're, you know, you're... Right now, corner has to be the focus, so he's not wrong with his original pick, but to, to mention wide receiver, I think, is extremely off-base. But again, he doesn't say first round. He just says they'll keep their eye on a wide receiver in this class. That makes sense. Uh, first round, no. No, no. Right. You're not, you're not, you're not fi- it's hard to find an impact corner in the first round, period. I don't care where you're drafting. Top of the, top of the draft, bottom of the first round, middle of the first round. To find a shutdown corner in the draft is unbelievably difficult. So the further you put that off would just make it even more difficult to land somebody who's going to have a first-year impact, which the Arizona Cardinals this year, because of the cap situation, their first-round draft pick has to have a first-year impact. Has to. Absolutely has to. And, and, and listen, I agree with you that if we're talking about the class as a whole, I think wide receiver is something that they should consider maybe on yes. day two or day three. Yes. But I, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, and this is where I, I throw things at you, and then you tell me, yes, Chris, you're, you're, you're overthinking this. You're, you're looking at this you know, too closely. But for him to throw that sentence in here in his first-round mock draft is, I think, a little telling, right? Because he's not – I don't think that's a throwaway line from Mel Kuyper Jr. Yeah, they might keep an eye on the wide receivers. It might be that he thinks that there could be an opportunity where if there's a certain wide receiver available at 16, the Cardinals jump at the opportunity. And I think you and I are both saying here, no, no, big stop signs. Put two big stop signs yeah, up. Do not do that. Do not, not pass go. Do not collect $200. No. It just, you cannot take a wide receiver in the first round considering all of the other needs that are clearly present already. Right, and you would know better than I, Chris, because I don't dive as deeply into the you know the the mock drafts at, yet, uh, like like you do, as you just said a minute ago. It's always draft season for you. But this is another this is another deep wide receiver draft. There's no reason to jump in the first round, you know, no, to, I mean, I, to overlook some, you know, to overlook a position of need 
like I think we all agree the cornerback position is more than likely going to be for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, there's no reason to overlook that considering how deep the wide receiver class is this year if you're looking rounds two, rounds three. Yeah, two things about that. I mean, there are probably going to be f- maybe five wide receivers taken on night one of the draft. I mean, I there, there are five guys that could go in the first round, but there are probably three or four guys that are going to be top half of day two uh, selections as well. So, yeah, you're right. There's an opportunity in the second round to, to, to grab a wide receiver if the Cardinals do want to go to that direction. But I, I'll just come out and say it. If you're at 16 and Caleb Farley's on the board, you run to the podium. You absolutely run to the podium. And I know he sat out last year. He didn't play. But Caleb Farley is one of those guys that I think if you can get him or Patrick Sertain the second, you, that you're hitting a home run at the cornerback position, and the Cardinals need that. They haven't – Sean, we've talked about this before. Because Patrick Peterson's name has been on a roster and has been on a depth chart, the Cardinals have kind of shied away from this idea of needing to address that position. Now the chickens have come home to roost on this. Patrick Peterson potentially could be on his way out. They might not have the resources to be able to bring him back, and now they're kind of forced into making this decision when the last couple of years they could have done this without taking you know, Robert Kimdichie in the first round or taking you know Isaiah Simmons where they took him last year. That doesn't appear to be working out as greatly as we all thought it would maybe in year one. There are opportunities in, in drafts past for the Cardinals to have addressed cornerback. They didn't. It feels even more prevalent that they do now. I'm not ready to make any statements on Isaiah Simmons yet. I mean, got to give the guy more than a year, but um, you're not wrong. You know, we've always kind of, I mean, I, I think that's been a question going into camp for as long as I can remember now with the Arizona Cardinals. Who's going to be opposite of Patrick Peterson, right? That's always been the conversation. Who's going to be opposite of Patrick Peterson? Now, they did invest some draft capital into Byron Murphy, right? What was he, second-round pick? He's yeah, a second-round second pick. pick a couple years so, ago, yes. you know, they, they, that's, you know, that's, there's, you, second-round pick's nothing to sneeze at. So, they invested some, ca- you know, some, uh, some capital into, into Byron Murphy, and he's coming around. Nothing that I want to roll into next year as my number one with. You know, that's the problem. Um, but no, that seems to be the question year in and year out. Who's going to be opposite of Patrick Peterson? Well, now it might be, the question might be who's going to be Patrick Peterson and who's going to, uh, you know, be behind that particular person. So yeah, there's, there's some major questions here. I think Kuyper's right on the money corner, a little surprised to hear him even bring up wide receiver at this point, though. I do think that's also something that has to be addressed later on. You are more than likely losing Larry. I would, I would assume that's what my gut is telling me right now. It's just a gut, but, um, more than likely you're losing Larry too. So, um, you will need to address the wide receiver position, but God, not in the first, not in the first round. No, no. Uh, any other, any other players you want to know about where they fall in this mock draft? Anything stand out that intrigues you? I, yeah. All right. I shouldn't have even asked. You want to know what the Raiders do at 17? You want to know? I mean, uh, also defense. Uh, it could be on any level, safety, linebacker, defensive end. Uh, that is who they have them taking defensive end Jalen Phillips yeah. out of Miami. That is That's who they the have them number taking, one need that they uh, would need. Yes, at seventeen. Uh, uh, um, Trevor Lawrence goes number one. Obviously, uh, the next quarterback does, doesn't go until number four uh, when Zach Wilson gets taken by the Atlanta Falcons. Justin Fields goes seven to Detroit, and Trey Lance goes eight to Carolina. Who do they and, have uh, the Texans taken with the second pick? They do not have the Texans <laughs> drafting with uh, either of the second or the third pick. Oh. They have they, they have Devonta Smith going to the Jets at two and Jamar Chase going number three to the Dolphins. You so get where I was in, going in with the, that. Yes, in this scenario, Deshaun Watson <laughs> is still a member of the Houston Texans, I believe. Yeah, and the Texans version. still don't draft until the third round. So good job, good job, uh, O'Brien. Well, well played. Good job, Bill. Good job, Bill. Coming up next on the show, the Phoenix Suns have lost three of their last four. Four of their last five and five of their last seven 
But, Sean, is there a big reason to be optimistic about this team going forward? We'll get into it next year on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas, and make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. You've heard me mention it before. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you are one of them. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year. Tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's led by their revolutionary third-generation Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has the advanced skin safe technology, cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce the grooming accidents, waterproof, the LED light, and there's also the crop preserver, the crop reviver, all in the perfect package 3.0, which will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And complete your grooming game with that Manscaped Refined Cologne that I talk about all the time. All of this over at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code NOBULL and you will get 20% off and free shipping with the code NOBULL at Manscaped.com. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. John, you just heard me rattle it off. By the way, day 10 for you, RevitalizeWeightLoss.com. Ten, day 10, 10 pounds for you. Yeah, Congratulations. Down, already, I hit the first well. milestone, right? That first milestone, 10. Lost 10 always, pounds here the in the first digit, 10 days. Right? Yeah. yeah, so RevitalizeWeightLoss.com. Join me on my journey. I uh, guarantee you lose up to 20 pounds in uh, in 40 days. So, yeah, 10 pounds in 10 days. Feeling it, man. Feeling you're on, good. You're on a good pace then. You're on a good yeah. pace for, the, for, for, for that weight loss. So you heard me mention in the tease, three of four, four of their last five, five of their last seven. You're thinking, Chris, how, how on earth are you spinning this to be positive? How on earth are you spinning this to be optimistic? Sean, when we talk about the Phoenix Suns and we talk about them, I think last season, the year before, and at the beginning of this season, we have talked about the growth and development of one number one overall pick in DeAndre Ayton. And this team will go as far as the development of, of he will go, right? His development will take this team. They have CP3, they have Devin Booker, but they invested a number one overall pick into DeAndre Ayton. As he begins to develop and as he becomes to be a better, more well-rounded player, that is going to have a ripple effect on this team. Sean, I know they've lost three or four since coming back from that one week off, but have we all seen the DeAndre Ayton that we have wanted to see since since he was drafted because I thought we have over these last four games. He has looked the part. It hasn't come with results yet, but if he continues to put in that effort, Devin Booker comes back from this hamstring injury, I think things are starting to look up for this basketball team. I mean, you'd hope, right? Excuse me. That's, that's what you've been waiting for for how long now is to have a stretch like this for DeAndre Ayton, and you hope that he's turned the corner for good here, uh, and that some of the some of the aggressive play that we've seen is be starting to become second nature for him. That, that's what you're hoping for. Uh, you know, back to back games when he had 26 and 17, followed it up with 27 and 13. Uh, he had 17 and 13 the other night. So I mean, he's playing he's playing really well. But more, I, I like the how you phrase it to start the segment. He looks the part now. You know what I mean? You, that, right. that physical, it's not the stats, right? right. It's the it's, aggressiveness. Yes. You're seeing it, passing right. the eye test, right? And I think that matters more because, Sean, we, you, you and I have talked about it in doing radio shows and podcasts in the in the past. He's a double-double machine, right? He's just going to show up to the building and get a double-double just on his pure raw talent. He can do that. It's the aggressiveness. It's using the moves that we've seen. I, I was watching – I was reading a story on, I believe, ArizonaSports.com, and they had a clip of him using that – that step back move that he does where he kind of throws a floater up there, using that as a fake on Jokic and getting to the basket with aggression. Those kinds of things are things I think we like to see regularly because that's the aggression that he needs. That's the aggression that's been missing. And if he has that coupled with everything else this team has done in terms of collecting talent and putting talent around him, 
that to me is is the optimism. That's where the optimism comes from. That this team is really starting to put it all together. Yeah, and you know, I love the how. And I'm not in the building. None of us are, so we don't know. But it sounds listening to the to the press conferences, post games, and so forth, how receptive he's being to mm-hmm. Devin Booker and obviously Chris Paul. Uh, but Devin Booker, I believe, after the Houston game when he went off for 26 and 17, talked about how. The, you know they've sat down and watched film together and you know, they're really trying to get him to do a lot of little things that not only will help out his game but open up the floor a little bit more for everybody else and those things are starting to happen they're starting to see those things on the floor so you're seeing a guy that was the first overall pick who's very receptive to teammates coaching him teammates you know letting him know what they need out of him Chris Paul you knew that was going to come from Chris Paul he was either going to accept it or he was going to be gone so clearly he's accepting it I think that's a that's that's huge like I mean how many times do you see guys come into the league and they're the first overall pick and that ego is just in the way of any improvement? You know, Clearly mm-hmm. that's not the case with DeAndre Ayton. He's willing to be receptive from from Devin Booker. He's willing to be receptive from Chris Paul. Um, and i, I got to be honest, I, I really believe that is going to be the biggest impact on this basketball team that Chris Paul has. It's not going to be. Say the same thing. It is I not really going to be lighting up box scores. If you know, we we can see where this is headed with that. The biggest impact he's going to have on this basketball team, and it's kind of funny because it was something we discussed before he actually got here, and then in his first press conference he said he didn't come here just to be a mentor. But that that mentorship is going to that's going to be the biggest impact he has on this basketball team. The development of DeAndre Ayton, the helping Monty Williams develop a winning culture for Phoenix Suns basketball, uh, a winning mindset of how you react day in and day out, how you take wins, how you take losses, um, how you bounce back. Like you know, I, I keep telling you the biggest difference between this team and last year, and I know that their records have been very similar. We've kind of been tracking that, but the uh, the the biggest difference is you're not going to. See, I will guarantee you this team doesn't win, doesn't lose seven games in a row. You know, and that's the biggest difference from last year. That that veteran leadership's not it's not going to allow it to happen. Will they have slides like they're having right now? Sure. Are they going to have you know stretches where they lose two or three? Probably. Um, they're not a dominant basketball team, so that's going to happen based on the schedule. But they're not going to have that six, seven, eight, where you're just like, man, is this team ever going to win again? Those moments won't happen, which is what happened last year and why they found themselves on the outside looking in, literally just making the cut to even go to the bubble. So that won't happen this year. And it's because of the veteran leadership of Chris Paul and so forth. Uh, but I think that's going to be, that is his biggest impact on this team, the development of DeAndre Ayton, the development of a winning culture. Uh, and and you'll, you'll start to see those take place, the, the winning culture vibe, when the expectations are there night in and night out, right? Like well, it's I, been a while yeah. since the Phoenix Suns have gone into games and you're like, you better win that game. You know, usually it's like, hey, this is a game they can win. <laughs> but, you know, no, it, and this it's shifted, year, right? It's yeah, in a big way. Yeah. Right. And that that's another one of the Chris Paul effects, just creating a winning culture here. Obviously, a little bit from what they accomplished in the bubble last year, the 8-0. Um, that's rolling over a little bit in terms of the expectations. But that's going to be his lasting impact. It, it really is. And, and watching DeAndre Aiden grow, I think, is just... That's a notch in the belt for Chris Paul. Uh, any any kind of expectations you have, the, the the feeling of a winning culture, that's going to be directly you know associated to Chris Paul as well. That's his lasting impact. It's not going to be box scores. And I know people have looked at it and said, man, he kind of, you know, un, not very impressive so far from Chris Paul. Don't sweat it. What you should be watching is the what we're talking about here in this segment: the development of DeAndre Ayton and just the overall vibe of the basketball team. Well, and Sean, and I don't want to sound insane for saying this, but I think that might be more important than 
this team, you know, getting into the postseason and, and, you know, kind of fizzling out, right? Like these two years, I think when, when the trade was made, everybody talked about, oh, you only have Chris Ball for two years. Like, why would you make this move? You're not going to win a championship in two years. Well, it, to your point, you're setting up a winning culture, right? And I think that goes beyond just maybe making the playoffs each of these two years and going one and done, right? Playing in a series and getting bounced. I, I think what's more important is there are going to be two years that Chris Paul is in there every day working with these guys, establishing that winning culture. So when he is gone when we enter year three of Chris Paul right and he, he potentially moves someplace else there's now an infrastructure in place beyond Chris Paul I think that's more important over these two years I, I don't know if I'm insane for saying no. that because obviously everybody wants to go to a go to a Western Conference Finals and win a championship and that's always the goal but to me the bigger picture is you have to build an infrastructure beyond these two years yeah and if you're being realistic about it you're Listen, I know they started out gangbusters, you know, winning some games against the, you know, they maybe you did you didn't have them winning early on, um, and you maybe your expectations changed a little bit, but they shouldn't have. This team can finish like we talked about in the preseason, six, you know, seven, eight seed. They'll be in the postseason, probably get waxed by by the Lakers in the first round or or you know or something along those lines, and um, that's fine. That's that's fine. Just the the growth is. The growth is where it's at. If you're being realistic, the Western Conference Finals, and I know there was early on there was some national, I can't remember who it was, some national name talked about the Phoenix Suns potentially, Probably making, Jay Williams. potentially making that kind of run. I'm like, man, pump the brakes a little bit here. Um, if you're being realistic about it, yeah, those should be the expectations. Six, seven, eight seed, but growth and then something you can build on. They've kind of just been spinning their tires over the course of the last handful of years, right? And doesn't it, it feel different this year? It does. It, it really does. It, it does. just You can see it. You can yeah. feel it when watching the games that even if this team, you know, gets to be a seven or an eight seed and they fizzle out in the first round, you will still feel infinitely better about the direction of this basketball team in a way that we haven't in a really, really long time. No, I completely agree. I agree. And I, I agree. also agree with you full circle here on the segment, um, DeAndre Ayton's growth. You know, if he continues to go the way he is, and you get, and if you get Devin Booker back, and they start to find a rhythm here, um, yeah, you might be starting to talk about that that ceiling being a little bit higher. Now, maybe we are talking about five seeds and so forth, middle of the pack in the Western Conference. Um, the the one the, the odd thing is, is we're sitting here uh, praising DeAndre Ayton and the way he's played the last handful of games. The Suns have been losing <laughs> losing basketball games. Oh, I, I was going to bring so, that up. In his last four, he's averaging twenty two. 15 two blocks and four three four four point three free throws attempts per yeah. game over these last four yet they've right. lost three of four now they haven't had booker for one of those games and they played the nuggets who, who have been a uh, big test for them Jokic gave eight and a ton of praise as well so listen I, I think things are turning around they need to get booker back right he's not going to play in this game tonight against the thunder which is a big loss but i think once they start to get things everybody gets healthy everything gets back together if this deandre eight and keeps showing up night in and night out i think this team's going to start winning games the way we expect them to all right sean coming up next on the program we go to the place that everybody likes to go to when deciding about the best and worst things about America. Britain. Britain is going to weigh in on the what? good and bad of America. We do it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Did right, you like that tease? That was a good tease there. It's a pretty good tease. 2,000 British people All right. were brought together, and I guess they did a survey here, Sean. Mm -hmm. And they had to list the best and worst things America has given the world. Now, they're a little biased. Right. I mean, Britain, a little biased toward America. We had that, you know, Revolutionary War thing it was a bit of a conflict between us. So I just I wanted to be clear. There might be a little still bit of a bias. Holding on to that. They might be holding a little bit of a grudge. So I just want to make it clear. So they pulled 2000 people in England and asked them to name the best and worst things 
America has given the world. Do you want to take a guess at what number one is, Sean? Number one on the list. On the best side or the worst the best side? side. The, we'll get to the worst side in a minute. <laughs> Things America's given the world? Um, I have no, Give me an idea. Give me a clue. Give me... Give me um, I think you use this regularly. I, You're internet? a busy guy, but I... I no, not the... Google. I would go... No, <laughs> closer. Google was closer than the internet. All right. All right. What is it? Uh, Netflix. Netflix oh, number yes. one on this list. And I will read you the rest of, the, of this the, list and get your that's reaction. That's the best thing. According to the Brits, that's the best thing we've given the uh, the world is Netflix. Netflix. Disney. Pretty good. Coca-Cola. Pretty good. McDonald's. Damn good. Mm-hmm. Apple products. Mm. I don't believe they mean the fruit. I, I believe we're talking about like MacBooks and yeah. I, iPods and uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. KFC. KFC. I mean, Love that. This is, a, mm-hmm. this is a great call by Britain on that one. That's an underrated one. Finger licking. Hollywood man. movies. Yeah, of course. Make the best movies. Elvis Presley. <laughs> NASA. Okay. Yep. Le- Levi's. It's in the jeans. Yes. Okay. This one's a little surprising. Tom Hanks makes the list. Tom Hanks, pretty good man. That's not bad. Star Wars? Yes. Very, yes. Very good call. And lastly on the list, Nike. Those are all pretty good things. Those are all really good things. Cars, airplanes, Wi-Fi, and Google. None of those made the list, even though America (laughs) invented those. Those four didn't didn't make the cut. Cars, would you say cars, Wi-Fi, and Google? Cars, airplanes, Wi-Fi, and Google. Love that. Yeah, n- none of those uh, made the list. And Elvis and Tom Hanks both ranked higher than Martin Luther King Jr., which oh, of is, course. Uh, which, Thanks, which Britain. is, yeah, really, really shows the, the priorities there. Mm-hmm. All right, the worst things we've, give, we've given to the world include the following. All right, the worst things. Mm-hmm. Too many guns. Mm-hmm. The Kardashian family. And what a great call this is by Really? Great call by them on this one. On the list. Uh, uh, racial inequality. Absolutely. Our politicians in general. Okay, look at how they view us. Look at the things that are on the... Oh, Listen, my Lord. I know. This, right. is the, uh, this is what we've done. Kanye West. <laughs> All right. Calling football soccer. It is which, soccer. Uh, it's football. Soccer. Deep fried everything. And yeah. this is where the... Li- Wait a know, minute. The, you, yeah, Wait this a is, minute. Yeah, you, this the, needs to be on the best list. Yeah, well, you can't you can't put KFC on the best list and then right. complain that we deep fry everything. Get off our lawn. It's a great point by you, Sean. Right? Yes. You can't do that. You can't you can't have it both ways. And Facebook, Facebook on the list as well. Not Twitter, huh? No, Twitter didn't make the list. MySpace. Uh, didn't American make Cheese it. and Crocs also made the worst list. Come on, American Cheese. How can you? Mm-hmm. You're not like American. Cheese. American Cheese. Crocs. I get it. Put it on there. Kanye West is on the list. That's so he funny. Is, he, is, he ties he into the Kardashian the family, though. I guess that's all one. You know. Um, can we can can we give the listeners a gift here at the end of the show? What do we uh, got? My present to them here on a week. Can you play the Line Is Right music for me? Oh, can, can yeah. You, can you, you pull that up and play can, it for me? I can. I, can I don't do have a football you. related thing, but I'm going to bring the listeners into a conversation that you and I had in the pre-show, okay. where we were debating whether or not to do a Line Is Right, and I was like, Oh, we, Sean, we could do basketball scores, right? Yep. And you're like, you're like, man, I don't know if I can do that. Like that's my sport. I can't really get it wrong. So we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. I don't care what you say. I'm going to give you – we'll just do one, and then if you feel good, we'll keep moving, okay? All right. Is that is that fair? Is That's that fine. fair for you? Yep. Okay. So here we go. I, have to, I, have to, I, didn't, I, re- we'll I really didn't think this through. I don't, I don't have the soundboard set up for this. But all right, all I'll right. give you the game and you can think about it. Okay. I'm trying to give you a game that I think is fair and reasonable. Okay. Uh, the Nets are on the road taking on the Hawks tonight. Okay. That's now, now what do I get in terms Hawks. of a buffer here? Because when we're doing uh, listen, football it's not lines... one point. It's not one point. You get okay. more than that. I will give you a a a 
two and a half point buffer. The Nets and the Hawks. Are people buying into the Nets? Yeah, that's a good one. Are people buying into this team? This they is keep, why they I keep picked. losing basketball games at this point. Let's go Nets. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not ready for the. We're not ready to tell you that you're wrong. Yet. Nets are going to be favored in this game. Nets. Okay. Are you ready yet? You got your yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. There? Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. Okay. Right. Nets and Hawks. Nets at Hawks, right? Is Nets at Hawks in Atlanta. It's a big difference. Do they have? I know the football is like a three. I point see. Point. I knew you were gonna ask. I don't know this. if that's. I, a, I, don't I don't know if that's an NBA thing. Either. I don't think it is. Let's go. Well, uh, Nets minus seven. The Nets minus seven. That's what you're going with. Going to go final answer. Boom. Boom. On the money in terms of where it opened, it currently sits at Nets minus six. So gotcha. Sean. Unbelievable run you're having with this game. Do you want to press on? Do Let's you want go. To press, press your, your luck. luck. No whammies, no way. Stop. All right, let's go. All right. Thunder at the Suns. No Devin Booker. Oh, crap. <laughs> the Suns should be favored in this basketball game still. They're the home team, yeah. They're the no, better no basketball No offense team. to my boy Lou Dort out there. Go Devils. Um, Suns mm, minus... Now, are there hooks in basketball? Like, do they have... There are hooks, uh, yes. I assume there would be. It's a stupid question. Let's yeah, go Suns minus five and a half. Suns minus five and a half. He uses all of the two and a half points. It's Suns minus seven and a half. You, need, you, you, went, you were going to go five, and you were going to be right on it, but you, you moved it to five and a half. I did. And, uh, you're in the business. Sean, do you want to press your luck? Do you want to move on? Do you want to keep going? No whammies, no out? whammies. Let's go. Let's press my luck. I'm trying, I'm trying to be fair to you when I pick these games, too. I'm okay. trying to not be ridiculous. Okay. Bucks at the Raptors. Bucks are good. Bucks are yeah. <laughs> think, not terrible the, at the basketball. I think the Raptors have a little bit of some some injuries going on. Do they? Let's go Bucks. Bucks minus five. Bucks minus five. Bucks minus seven. It opened at Bucks minus five and a half. So now, Sean, you've gotten three in a row. Yeah. I ask you this. Do you want to press your luck knowing that we are now changing the rules? Okay. Your grace period is now moved from two and a half to one and a half. You've lost a whole point. I'm out. You got three in a row right. I'm, I'm, out. <laughs> I'm out. That's it. I'm taking my money and I'm going. There's three in a row. That's it. The line is right. All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's how it's played. All right, all right. Let's get let's get out of here, Sean. Way to end on a way to, I'll give you a good round of applause. Dude. Way to end on a good note here on the show. All these years, you I thought you didn't want to do that. You didn't want to do that segment. It was fun. Yeah, I always thought if I ever if I ever do endeavor into into sports gambling, which I haven't, um, I would uh, obviously lean towards football. It's what I know what I know the, know the best. But damn, maybe I should uh, lean towards the, uh, the the old round ball, huh? Little hardwood. You did pretty good there. You did mm-hmm. pretty good there to close out the to the program. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at SCrespin02. Rate, follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, whatever app you use. Rate, follow, subscribe, Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone Sean. 
And, of course, NoBull.com. Head over to NoBull.com. You're in the market for that new vehicle. You know you don't have to leave the house. You can do it at the office, right? You're on, you're on your lunch break. Head to NoBull.com. NoBull Express option. Have them bring you a vehicle. Drive it around town all day. Test drive a vehicle. They'll bring it right to your front door. Finish your application online. NoBull.com. 10,000 vehicles at your fingertips. And, of course, there are 19 Arizona locations for Earnhardt Auto Centers, 21 different dealerships, and 17 brands, north, south, east, or west, wherever you're at in the valley. They got you covered. Locally owned and operated since 1951. You know know Earnhardt you know Earnhardt Auto Centers you also know it's a name you can trust and that ain't no bull and we will be back on Friday everybody have a good rest of your week